Welcome to episode 17 of I Quit, the podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs about one of the scariest day of their lives, the day they quit their job. For many business owners, the idea of running your own business and of being successful is a dream come true, and they couldn't imagine ever giving it up. But for other entrepreneurs like Don Bradley, if you trust your gut and the right opportunity comes knocking, sometimes closing up your own shop and starting all over again in a new city is not only thrilling, but exactly what your business needed to grow. Don Bradley, how are you? Good. How are you, Mike? Good. It. Uh, I asked this in another episode recently, but Don Bradley, it's your real name? Well, it's actually not. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Okay. Good. Uh, well, it is, but it isn't. So okay. my birth name is Kimberly Don. Oh, okay. And a few people know that. And I don't have a straight answer from my parents still about why I go by Don. Oh, Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Like, I have a cousin named Kimberly, which is kind of weird maybe. that my parents yeah. would call me Kimberly. But, but Don Bradley, I don't know. Sometimes when maybe it's because you've made a name, a business of your name. Yeah, I'm kind of a big deal. It's your huge deal. <laughs> Not as big as Mike Morris. How did I book you? <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Don, tell us a little bit uh, for people, uh, bald people like me who aren't familiar <laughs> with what you do. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about what your career is, sort of all the different facets? Uh, well, I've been a hairstylist for 18 years, and then currently uh, I am now educating other hairstylists, mainly through online education. I have online programs that help other hairstylists better their businesses, as well as some of their like some technique, but mainly um, business building through like communication boundaries, those sorts of things, helping them with their finances, just all the stuff that like as a creative, we love doing what we do, and we're skilled and talented, but we don't, and we go out on our own because we want to do it, but we don't know how to do the business side of it. So yeah. that's my major focus right now. Well, and that's what's been so fun to sort of follow your career because, yeah, I mean, you used to just do, you know, you had a salon, you're a mm. hairstylist, that's what you're doing. And then how did you end up be, sort of becoming a teacher of how to do what you were doing? Yeah, people just started asking me. Okay. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. That was like a real concrete path to success. Just uh, have people ask you and then do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just weird. Like my whole career, everything has happened by coincidence, which I hate to say because sometimes people are like, you're exactly where I want to be. Like, how do I get there? And I'm like, uh, just mm -hmm. things just kind of fell into place. But I would say the biggest thing I did was just trust my gut and those pulls and that feeling of like, even though this decision doesn't seem to make sense or that it doesn't seem like the logical next step or like what the past has said what su the success path is for this career I've just gone with what my gut has pulled me towards and like kind of jumped off huge cliffs and landed on my feet yeah always <laughs> always on your feet um well no no <laughs> actually I always say like career wise yeah all the risks I've taken have worked out really well personal life risks <laughs> Not so great. Great. Well, let's let's <laughs> sort of talk about that in a way because that's what when I'm ask when I'm thinking of guests I want to have on the show, I try to think of people who've sort of made this big decision to quit something. And one of those things is, I mean, you were living in Saskatoon. You had a very successful business. You were you were already very successful on Instagram at the time, mm -hmm. and then you quit it all to move to Calgary. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I kind of always felt like I grew up in Saskatchewan and I always felt like I was made for somewhere else. And then I kind of through life and stuff ended up back there and ended up self-employed and had my own business. And I remember, I think it was maybe my divorce <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that I all of a sudden realized like, 
hey, I don't think I want to stay here. And the reason why I ended up staying in Saskatchewan was because I got married. I remember I came back from traveling and was like, okay, two years, I'm going to save up some money. And if in two years, I still want to go like see the world because I'd lived in the UK and Australia, I'm going to leave. And then two years later, I was engaged. So then when my marriage fell apart, I was like, you know what? Opportunity isn't going to present itself. I have to go chase it. And I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned in my career and in my life is that it's not just things are going to, aren't going to just fall into my lap. I have to go create these opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I remember after my divorce and like life feeling in pieces, I looked at my commercial lease and I had a couple years left and I thought, if in a couple years I still have this like pull to leave, I'm just going to do it because something's not going to just come to me and be like, you should move. Yeah. Like, I, it's not like I work in a corporate job that I'm going to get offered a transfer or anything. Yeah, I say that to my boyfriend and I both own our own companies and sometimes I'm like, I just wish one of us could get transferred <laughs> right? just to like try moving, living somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm a gypsy. I was brought up in a family that like loves like the security and the, the um, routine and I'm like, I don't fit into that mold. So it was hard for me to kind of uh, get used to. But anyway, so my lease came up and I was like, you know, I'm going to move to Vancouver or Montreal because those are bigger places. I was used to living in London, England, and then I lived in Sydney and I was like, I'm made for a big city. So yeah, Vancouver, Montreal. Yeah. And so time went by and then I met my boyfriend online and he lived in Calgary. So I was like, oh, yes. So, so it kind of, it wasn't, I, I moved for him, but also I knew I wanted to leave. So when, you know, when we were He's figuring just that out. an excuse to get Yeah, exactly. Okay. Just dragging them along yeah, for the ride. Fine. But that's, I mean, it, it, that's why I find it interesting, but sort of the passage of time, because in that sentence, you're like, so then I moved to Calgary. But that's a lot <laughs> of decision making that went into it, because especially your, your industry is clients. So, and clients that weren't, nec- you can't, tra- if you're getting your hair styled in Saskatoon, you can't be like, come to Calgary now. So like... Yeah. Were you scared as a business person or was it or was that pull to live in a different place stronger than trying to be a successful business person? That's really good to take me back to that moment because it's so easy to just be like, look at how amazing it turned out. But going back, I've always been the kind of person who I don't think things through well enough. And it's kind of worked to my benefit, because if I would have really thought about like at the time, I think I was 31 when I moved and, you know, it seemed like and I remember being advised by people like this is career suicide. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're making great money. You have a, a business. You can grow it where you're at. Like, why would you just like stop and mm-hmm. start all over again? Um, but I just had this gut feeling like bigger and better things are waiting for me on the other side of this decision. And so even though everyone around me was like cautioning me not to do it. Um, and it did help that I had fallen in love and that like kind of helped sway me. But it also the like we'd only been dating less than a year and it kind of felt crazy to move my whole life for someone when I he wasn't established and I was yeah, like exactly. I, yeah, I owned yeah. a house. I had a yeah. business. He had like just moved to Calgary. I don't know. It was just kind of one of those things where like I'm stubborn as hell. And when I put my mind to something and I'm convinced of it, I'll make it work. So I didn't have any clients in Calgary. I started using Instagram and like hashtagging YYC and being like, hey, like Calgary ladies, I'm moving your way. Like, can't wait to do your hair. And that was before Instagram really was doing much. And then to make like a long story short, I basically just like sat on our couch for eight hours a day, like connecting with people on Instagram until I was fully booked. And within 12 weeks of being here, I was booked three months in advance. Wow. That's amazing. Working from my basement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that you had had the basement studio before. Yeah. I looked at renting a chair places because I knew I wanted to stay self-employed. And once again, people were like, you should probably go be an employee. But I knew Mm -hmm. I'd piss off an employer in a year when I went and did my own thing anyway. I, I remember like going with Nick and like looking at places to rent chairs and being like, yeah, I need to be my own boss. But even when I'd look at these places, I'm like, but I need my own space. 
It's not even just that, like I need my own space to create this environment, this experience, this atmosphere that I'm going to offer these people. It's going to be different than anything else they've had. And I think that's what helped me become quote unquote successful is that I created something that didn't exist quite yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it turned out really good. It yeah. could have gone really bad. Yeah. And it, it sounds just listening to you, it sounds like you're a, a very savvy business person. And I know you to be that. Do you feel like you are? I I find it always always so interesting when someone's successful at small business. Where did that come from? Is that in your DNA somewhere? Uh well my parents were business owners. They owned a Culligan water conditioning company. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they could really like speak to my industry. And that's why I've become so passionate about helping other hairstylists run their businesses because I didn't know anything. And like every year at tax time I would like have like crying fits on the ground, being like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like clearly I'm not cut out for this business thing. I'm really good at what I do, but the business side of things would totally confuse me. And so it's been since 2010 since I've been um, my own business. And so I've learned a lot through the last nine years. Um, but I don't know when someone says I'm business savvy, it's always kind of like, oh, like, I guess things have just kind of happened over time. But if I would have waited to know and understand business to go into business, I would have never done it. Oh, yeah. No, and that's I mean, that that to me, um, this podcast is all sort of about breaking down barriers that are preventing people from doing what they want to do. And that, I think that's the main one. Like my dad said to me the other day, like out of his four kids are the ones that would run a successful business. It wasn't going to be me. Like that was never, you know what I mean? Like that's not, and I was like, yeah, I know. I still don't know really what I'm doing, but right. we're making it work. Like mm-hmm. you figure it out. You figure out what, uh, what things you need to hire out. Eventually you, you make enough mistakes with your taxes totally. where you're like, I'm just going to get a bookkeeper, you yeah. know, like those sorts of things. And so it's not necessarily being, uh, a, a, an ultra successful business owner day one it's those taking those totally. steps and like the a successful entrepreneur isn't someone that went to business business school rarely do you see like a, a really highly whatever you could define success as i guess but mm-hmm. a highly successful entrepreneur is someone who like went to business school it's usually someone who is like a visionary who knows where their weaknesses are and hires those things out to someone who's better at it it's yeah. like learning to be humble and realize like i'm not good at this so i need to find someone to come be on my team who is good at it and can be better at it than me yeah um, but saying that thing about your dad, and I'm so sorry if my parents are listening to this, but my dad said to me once, I never thought my daughter would be the entrepreneur. And I truly think he was give, thought he was giving me a compliment, oh, yeah. um, little <laughs> slap in the face. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I know what he means is like, you know, especially that generation, like probably I, there wasn't a lot of, um, that sort of career expectation, um, put on me. And so, um, does that fuel your fire a bit now? Like somewhere in the back of your head, you're like, you still have to prove that you are a successful. Yeah. hundred percent. No, it like, it doesn't even matter how much my parents or my dad would say he's proud of me. I still feel like there's like, I remember in a therapy session once her being like, so what will, um, like, what will, the, where's the bar where you'll feel successful? And I was like, I think success for me is always whatever is out of reach. And so oh, yeah. I don't allow myself to feel successful because once I achieve something, it's within my reach, so therefore it can't be success. That's yeah. really messed well, up and deep really... into my psyche. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture that on a poster. And not... yeah. That's my next Instagram quote, I think. Okay, Wait great. A minute. Write, Let me it write it down. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, what would you what would you tell someone who's thinking about? Because um, what's so interesting about your story is that a lot of people quit or whatever because they're unhappy. You were fine in Saskatoon. You were thinking about leaving, but business was good. All that was great. And it was love and some other things that came up. What would you tell someone about the importance of maybe moving or starting over again? 
I think for me, the biggest um, motivator for me in all my life's life's decisions is I never want to look back and reflect and think, oh, I wish I would have tried. And even like I've made some big business decisions as of late. And when talking to um, my boyfriend, Nick, about it, he's like, worst case scenario, your ego gets hit and you have to go back to what you were doing before. And I was like, that isn't that true? Like about everything. It's like we are fearful, not for failure, but for people to see us fail. And that's like our ego getting bruised and stuff is the hardest part. But I for me, it's like, you know what? I'd rather do it and try and fail. And like I've heard all the quotes of like, Failure isn't the opposite of a success. It's part of success. Mm -hmm. And so like there was a lot of hair I did in Calgary in the beginning that didn't turn out right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Those poor girls. Yeah. And it wasn't even because of like talent or skill. I like quickly learned that I knew my clientele so well in Saskatchewan that I understood what they meant when they said certain things. And then when I came here, I realized, oh, like I'm good at doing hair, but I don't know how to communicate properly. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what's like fueled me into the next business steps. But it's all it's all little things. I think we get caught up with these Mm -hmm. big things. And I, I tend to get wary of. Um, how much uh, inspirational entrepreneur stuff talks about failure. Um, you know, there's all these, It's that's a part of it. Like mm-hmm. failing is a part, a small bump in a long road of being a small business. And I think if we talk too much about failure, that someone aspiring to be an entrepreneur or freelancer or whatever, uh, is gonna, it's going to prevent them. Cause, but like failure, you sort of, sometimes you don't even notice that you fail until afterwards. That last thing didn't work. This worked. Like one yeah. of my events that I do, it wasn't until year three that I liked it. I was like, oh, the other two were meh. This was really good. Yeah. Uh, I was actually reflecting on like speaking things I've done. And I remember um, I was doing like talks with Rogers and one of them, like four people showed up and one guy left halfway through. Oh, no. <laughs> and I like was talking and like watched him like stand up and like look at the snacks and then like kind of back out <laughs> and then just like scoot out. And I was like, sorry, oh. I wanted the snacks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like realizing like I remember feeling like, oh my goodness, I can't even like talk to four people and keep them engaged. Like how am I ever going to be able to like inspire and encourage other people? And then now like that's three or four years ago, seeing like spoke at next big thing. I'm speaking at a conference in Orange County in November and I'm doing these business classes and realizing like if I would have let that one moment define or like uh, stop me from trying new things, um, then, then I wouldn't be able to do the things and help the people and have the impact that I'm having now. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see yourself um, ever leaving what you're doing now so quitting what you're doing now and moving or doing something different well I'm kind of just into a new era of my business now where I'm not doing clients um, so much as I'm just teaching and educating so that's kind of like the newest shift in my business is realizing like that gut feeling of like this doesn't make sense to stop working in the salon Mm -hmm. but I can't ignore that pull and I think that's my biggest uh, words of advice to anyone who's like if you've got that gut feeling trust it unless you ate something weird then that gut feeling might be something else yeah <laughs> um but <laughs> i was gonna very make, true. No, I was gonna make very... a gluten reference for no, you, thank but... you oh gluten i miss you but like if there's something that's like that doesn't seem to logically make sense but you can't shake it i stop going to other people and asking their advice because people are going to give you people are going to project their fears onto you mm-hmm. they're going to project their insecurities or if you're pushing outside of their comfort zone they're going to be like maybe you shouldn't yeah. because we all put ourselves and others in boxes but if you can't ignore it just go for it and- well eventually you have to do it i think mm-hmm. a lot of times people will meet with me or want i know they want to meet with you and pick our brains and things like that eventually you can only pick some so many people's brains so you have to just do it um yeah. and Hopefully that when they're meeting with those people, they're saying, you just have to do it. I'm, totally. I often say like, 
Um, I started this podcast because a lot of people were asking me, but like, I, I want to do this, but I don't know how to quit my job. And so I want to start telling mm. those stories. And I'm always like, well, if you've reached out to a sort of stranger to talk about quitting your job, like you're going to quit your job. Like yeah. you're already so far down. Stop you just, waiting for permission. Yeah. You're just waiting for me randomly to give you permission. But I, I did that too. I, you know, I remember driving all around Calgary and like looking at these really tiny businesses. And I was like, well, if that person can sell spices on McLeod trail, then I can write a <laughs> blog and you know what I mean? Or whatever, like anything is possible. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something that's been done before. Like some of the most successful businesses are people who forged their own paths. So mm-hmm. stop waiting for permission or looking for someone else who's done it. Because like, if you go do it, you can be the first one to do it. And that's even better. I haven't read the book Blue Ocean, but I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like, do you know? Do you no, I've been book? to an ocean. <laughs> You've been to an no, ocean. Okay. That... There's, there's a book called okay. Blue Ocean. And basically it just, just talks about if you feel like your industry is oversaturated. Oh, I'm going to totally mess this up. But basically that's like a red ocean if everyone's all doing the same thing. But you can be in your industry doing something different. Like and escape then... rooms. Like how, yeah. how many more escape rooms do we need? <laughs> yeah, maybe that. They're great, but like enough. Yeah. Um, and I haven't read the book, so I don't know how it is, but I bought it. And yeah. It's sitting on my <laughs> shelf. So eventually, eventually. But uh, yeah, I think forging your own path, stop waiting for permission and just going with that gut feeling and being okay if it ends up turning out a little bit different than you thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, when you quit, what you're doing now is not why you moved here. No, not at all. And I went through like probably three years of just like depression almost because moving in your 30s is really hard mm-hmm. and trying to make friends in your 30s is hard enough, let alone being in like a new city. It, it was tough. But at the same time, I knew that I was in the right place doing the right thing, despite like the hard, the, the hardness. Yeah. yeah. And what I hope if uh, the people are listening, I'm talking, follow Don, even if you're not into hairstyling or anything like that, because what's so neat about what you're doing with your career is the evolution of it Mm. so as opposed to just focusing on being sort of an instagram hairstylist influencer type person um you're now you're now you've you're changing it all up so really the reasons why someone followed you four years ago are not the reasons they're following someone might follow you now and you're not letting that um scare you from evolving the way you want to evolve that's really neat Yeah. And I really like the way I'm feeling pulled is to talk not just to hairstylists, but to creative customer based business owners. So, okay. Yeah. That's no, and that's a great, that's a, no, that's a great, I've I've had you speak at some of my events and some upcoming ones. And that's sort of the idea. Like, I don't, I don't know how many hairstylists come to my events, not many, but the message is the same. The, Mm -hmm. the ideas are the same. The industry might be different. Yeah. And so that can encompass actually a lot of hairstylists want to come to the next big thing, but they all work Saturdays. Oh, yeah. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. perfect day. It's so tricky. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, awesome. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. This was really interesting. And I hope people, I, I know I got a lot from it. And I know listeners will too. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Thanks, Don. Well, that wraps up this episode of I Quit. Thank you so much to my guest, Don Bradley. If you'd like to follow her on Instagram, and I really think you should, check it out at at Don Bradley Hair. And if you have any questions or comments for me, my handle is at Mike's Bloggity. And check out our old episodes of I Quit at iquitpodcast.ca. Until next time. <laughs>